This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Your Money, Series XM, Channel 132. It's Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. Ken Smethers, Professor here in Philadelphia. We're still taping these segments by Zoom, but you can always go to my website, kentonmoney.com, if you're looking for a financial advisor who's fee only and um, appreciates my own, uh, well, appreciates my preferred approach to low cost passive index investing. So you've no doubt seen the many headlines about the great resignation, and maybe you're deciding for yourself if it's time for a change. The uh, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics says about 4.3 million workers in the United States have uh, quit their jobs, in fact, in just the month of August, and uh, other studies have also shown a lot of independent laborers uh, growing over time. Uh, over the next couple of years. So today we're going to talk about how can you save for retirement if you've gone the self-employment route. And today with me is Chad Parks, who's the founder and CEO of Ubiquity Retirement and Savings, uh, a firm that's been doing work with small business and entrepreneurs for over 20 years. Uh, Chad, welcome back to the show. Ken, great to be here. Thanks for having me again. And so let's talk about individuals. There are certainly uh, many are quitting their jobs. And, you know, as a result, they don't have maybe access to their 401k from their employer uh, that they were doing, uh, getting before. So first, let's first talk about the existing 401k that they maybe have um, before we talk about what they can do now. Um, it's supposed in terms of their existing 401k, do you generally recommend that they, uh, if they have the option, they can keep they keep that with the previous employer, or they try to roll it over into a rollover IRA? Yeah, that's a great question. That's something that almost everybody faces when they do leave a job. What to do with that 401k? Generally speaking, I'm in the camp of saying take it with you, uh, put it into an individual retirement account that you have complete control over which means that you can pick usually from a broader range of investments that maybe your 401k had available to you. That rollover of that money does stay in the same tax preferred status as you had going in. So if you had a traditional contribution set up pre-tax money, that money still stays pre-tax. And if you had an after-tax Roth, then it can convert into a Roth IRA. So I do like folks to keep it with them. Uh, Believe it or not, there are people who lose track of previous accounts. (laughs) They forget that they had them and they have abandoned accounts on our hands. Um, And then, you know, the other things to take into consideration are whether or not you have any existing loan. You know, that's really the big Mm. gotcha when leaving an existing employer. Uh, Most times employers are not going to be very accommodating and they're going to force you to repay that loan immediately upon your separation. And if you cannot pay that loan back, then that becomes a taxable event as if you took the money on a distribution. So if you are leaving a job and you have an existing loan outstanding, Two words of wisdom there are to make sure that you have accounted for that just so you don't have a bad surprise. Yeah, yeah, and that really is an important gotcha that people don't understand. Employers have a lot of flexibility uh, on that, but they many, in fact, most probably require you to pay it back very quickly if you've taken a loan against your 401k. Otherwise, like you said, it becomes a taxable uh, distribution, potentially with penalties, 
uh, mm-hmm. if they're below age 59 and a half. So something I would be very concerned uh, about. All right. So, so somebody has taken all that into account and maybe they've done an IRA rollover. And I agree with you. Sometimes the IRA rollovers are, uh, even have often, you know, lower costs associated relative to a 401k uh, plan. Um, but now they're on their own and they're trying to figure out, you know, I'm self-employed or, or maybe in the gig economy. And I hear about all these different things that, you know, individual IRAs and so forth. What are some of the things that they should be thinking about as they try to set one of these up? Yeah, good questions again. So uh, first thing I think most people need to realize, and I'm, this is not necessarily a retirement plan consideration, but it does affect your retirement. <laughs> and that is that when you become self-employed, some people don't realize that they are now responsible for the other half of the Social Security and Medicare tax that their employer had been paying on yeah. their behalf. So out of every paycheck, you're paying 6.2% into Social Security, another one45 on Medicare. So you're going to double that to 15.3% that you as a self-employed individual are now responsible for. So when doing your planning and when looking at your potential to earn, know that that's coming off the top. And that's in addition to your income tax. You know, these are employment taxes. So I just want to give everybody that heads up because it is a big shock most people face. But the good news is you're still funding a portion of your retirement as a result of that because you are still paying into Social Security. Now, uh, in terms of plans that would be available to you as a self-employed person, the, the, the big delimiter here is very easily to ask yourself, can I afford or do I want to save more than $500 a month going forward? You know, perhaps in your previous job, you were earning enough to do so. That's why the 401k became attractive to you. The reason we ask that is because that would really help determine whether or not an IRA is sufficient for you, or if you should be looking at a single K, a self-employed 401k, which they do exist. There's a lot of names we call our single K, there's solo K, uh, there's other names out there in the marketplace. The reason the $500 a month is the, is the limiter is because the current IRA contribution limits are about $6,000. They're going to go up every year, so keep an eye on that. If you can't afford or don't want to save more than $6,000, then just go ahead and fund your IRA, just as you would, you had been doing from salary deferral. Set up an automatic transfer from your bank account, if you can do that with regularity, and fund it and take that tax credit or sorry, take that tax deduction at the end of the year against your on your tax returns. Now, if you say I can afford to save more than $500 a month, then that opens up those world of individual 401ks. With that, you get the same savings limits you had before, which are currently $19,500 a year. You also have the ability to do a profit sharing contribution. You can get yourself up to close to $53,000 a year if you had a really banner year as an independent contractor or self-employed person. All that can be tax deductible, which would reduce your income tax obligation. And then lastly, what an advantage of an individual 401k has over IRA, two things actually. One is you can take a loan against your 401k, just like maybe you did in your previous employer. And that's very helpful, we find, for self-employed people who maybe have some cash flow uncertainty. They might have a contract that's going to pay out big, but it's going to take time. So you can borrow against that. And as long as you pay yourself back, then that's not a taxable distribution. So that's a strategy tool that we use with a lot of individual 401k folks. And then the last bit is a sort of subtle but important thing in that a 401k is technically a a protected asset. Um, It is a qualified retirement plan, whereas IRAs are not. So should you find yourself in the event of an unfortunate situation of a lawsuit or bankruptcy, 
those 401k dollars are not available to creditors, whereas your IRA might be something that's on the table. So it's just an extra layer of protection for you and a peace of mind. And so you sock it away in that 401k. So that those are the two primary that we see. You mentioned simples and SEPs, and there are a whole bunch of other types of plans out there. But really, there's subtle differences between the each that really drives, again, how much do you want to save and what are you trying to accomplish? If you do gain employees and you become an employer besides yourself, then that's also a consideration because now the individual 401k is not available per se. It turns into a group 401k, which then also has different uh, rules and regulations. But at least you can get yourself going with either an IRA automatic transfers, just like you're making a payroll deferral or a 401k. And again, set up those transfers so that it's funding just like you had a plan at work. Yeah. And you raise a, a good point about if someone does a rollover from their former employer 401k into a rollover IRA, they might want to think through some of the creditor protection provisions that was exist in the 401k. And in particular, think through whether they uh want to take advantage of the lower IRA, maybe fees and more selection by maybe complementing that with some additional insurance, maybe a, a personal umbrella insurance to deal with liability in order to create that creditor protection in some sense that way through an insurance mechanism. And so certainly a lot, as a lot of people make this transition, you know, they don't often quite compute everything that they're missing out uh, working for an employer, maybe some of the healthcare benefits, but another one is this employer match. Uh, that often is quite, you know, uh, big. So if you go from an employer that has a match to an IRA or based account, or maybe even something that's a little more uh, allows for more contributions, like the individual 401k. Uh, logic would seem to suggest that you know, if you're trying to plan for the same retirement, you should be contributing more to hit that retirement goal. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, more is always better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you're right. You know, if you had an employer match, that is a nice perk that came with that job. And as a self-employed person, you, you don't want to uh, lower your savings amounts just because you don't have that available in your own plan. You know, so one, yes, make sure that you've taken that into consideration, factor in that into how much more you'll need to save as a self-employed person. And then the one thing I do want to encourage people to think of, though, is just because you don't necessarily have any more of the employer match, we like to call those tax savings on traditional contributions the government match, right? Please don't forget about that. Because the government is incentivizing you through tax deferred savings to put this money aside, even in an IRA or a 401k, you know, for every whatever tax bracket you're in, that's going to be the government's match to you. And um, while it may not come out of the quote unquote paycheck right away, you see the savings because you've probably changed the way in which you're paying yourself. Do know that at the end of the year, when you're doing your taxes, those contributions will lower your taxable income. And that is literally the government matching your contributions into your retirement plan. If you forego putting money into a retirement plan, then all that income is completely taxable. So that, that is really what the big driver here is. Yeah, yeah. And so then finally, I mean, a lot of people have these different heuristic rules of thumb and so forth. How do you know if you've saved enough for your retirement? Um, and certainly there's a lot of retirement plan planning calculators out there, some which I like and some which you know, I'm less excited about. Uh, what kind of advice do you give uh, to plan participants or to uh, others who are thinking about, do I have enough money uh, set aside for mm -hmm. retirement? 
Yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a confusing topic for most people. And sometimes we as an industry don't do them justice by airing ads that say you need a million dollars or you need $1.2 yeah. million dollars in order to retire comfortably. Like if you're starting off and you have $50,000 saved, 1.2 seems like a forever away, right? How am I yeah. ever going to get? It's just not second nature for you to understand how that can compound and grow. What we prefer to th- help people with is to think about it is purely you're buying a future paycheck. You know, so for every dollar or every hundred dollars, every thousand dollars that you're saving today, use one of those calculators to say, how much future income is that going to buy me? So, you know, it literally is, you know, your, your, once you decide, okay, my future paycheck, I want it to be $4,000 a month. Maybe that's sufficient, right? Cause I've gotten some, no, I'm going to get some social security. If I have a pension, I'm lucky I'll count that. But otherwise it's up to me to replace my paycheck in the future. If 4,000 is my target, how much do I need to save to get $4,000 a month in the future? Use those tools and calculators to help you get that number. To me, it breaks it down into something that is much more tangible and it's not as a daunting task to say, okay, $50 a week equals $300 in the future. I can make that math in my head and I can I can feel comfortable with that I'm working towards my goals. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's, that's right. And in particular, when doing those calculations to really be cautious about the rate of return assumption that you're using on the markets. So a lot of times people use these averages, but um, there's still lots of risk. One reason why the averages are high is because it's, it's what we call an equity premium, a risk premium taken on that risk is it, it, uh, compensates in the form of higher average, but also means that there's underlying risk there as well, so Chad, fantastic job! Thanks so much com- for coming back on the show. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, and happy savings, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. And you can find out more about Chad and Ubiquity's website by going to my Ubiquity, which is M Y as in my U B I Q I T Y dot com. Again, my Ubiquity. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 